Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down, bow 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 135 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Onslaught. The song was called Bow Down to the Clowns. It's off the recently released record, Generation Antichrist. Uh, that just came out on AFM Records. But you might know them from way back. Uh, their first album, Power From Hell, uh, is from 1985. And they had the one that I really like, uh, The Force. And I'm not just saying that to be like a cool guy like this old record. It was one that I really liked before they knew <laughs> I even knew they got back together. But it's called The Force. And uh, it's got a pentagram on the cover. So you know it's good. <laughs> That's the way heavy metal works these days and always, right? Even since 1985, when I was one fucking year old, I knew that I liked this album because it has a pentagram kidding obviously but it is a good record this is a good record generation antichrist listen to it while i was mowing my lawn the other day how about that that's how you know it's good if you can listen to the whole record while you mow the lawn without turning it off that's a good record um i actually talked to them about doing a doing an episode so maybe we'll have an an, an onslaught episode in the future but on this episode we're not doing onslaught we're doing incantation yeah not thrash metal death metal or you some might call it uh, death doom is that something we do uh, maybe I'll put uh, a little bit of sludge metal in here too. All sorts of different metals. Um, all of them heavy. Okay, so here I am, episode 135, coming to you live from my new garage. Um, something I took for granted before. We had a garage the entire time, but we never had a new garage. And now we got a new garage with uh, freshly drywalled walls. They still need, though they're finished, but they need uh, painted and, 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 uh, and, and well, primered, then painted. Um, we got a new garage door. That's very exciting. We new garage door opener to open that garage door. <laughs> that's super exciting you have no idea uh, i don't think we'll put a car in here but we will be able to open our garage and that's that's an update on my home construction and <laughs> and it reminds me of something that i find funny that i thought about the other day and that's the way i used to talk on this podcast so i'm going to tell you about it i saw the neighbors who had recently tarred their driveway and i found that to be funny because not the fact that they tarred their driveway but they put up that little bucket barrier you've seen this before people 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 you know, tar their driveway, they seal it, and then they put up buckets at the end of their driveway. Or maybe they'll put up two little sticks with a piece of ribbon, that, you know, like a little, like an old-fashioned finish line in front of their driveway so as to, uh, to tell people, don't pull into my driveway, um, which I think is a little funny because if you know someone's coming to your house, just tell them not to pull into your driveway. Uh, what kind of what kind of elevated sense of importance do you have that you feel like you need to put up a barrier for all the rogue people that are going to suddenly pull in your driveway? It reminds me of the people that put signs in their yards that say, like, <laughs> private drive. Come on, man. How often are people pulling in your driveway that you feel they need to put up a fucking sign, you dumbass? That's so unfriendly. You, you wonder what's wrong with the world today. It's your stupid little buckets. I understand that someone drives in the driveway it can mess up the ceiling. But hey, I think that's a risk worth taking to not look like an asshole. But some people think it's very important. And you know what? I kind of agree with them too. So I don't know what side of the fence I stand on on that. <laughs> so whatever. Um, made me also think of another thing. But more of a the thing that I, th- the, that I did that was stupid and that I still think is stupid. And when I see it, it makes me laugh because I still see it a lot. I drove by this building all the time on the side of the highway. It was off the, hi- off the highway. I drove by it all the time. It had security cameras all over the one side. I'm talking like crazy amounts of security cameras. And all the time, 
I would drive, I'm talking years, I would drive past this building and be like, what the fuck do they have in that building that they are so protective of? And, and, you know, it was just like a mystery. It's like a local mystery. Like, what is in this fucking unassuming brick building? It has security cameras everywhere. I'm talking like like one every brick on the on the side. You know, on the roof line, it's just security camera after security camera. Every kind you can think of. And man, they must get every single fucking angle on this thing. And then one day, <laughs> I was on the very road with that building. And I thought, oh my gosh, now's my time. Now I can finally figure out what's in this building. Perhaps there'll be a sign. And you know what? There was a sign. And it's a place that sells fucking security cameras. <laughs> and that's it. So that's what's inside the building. is more fucking security cameras. And the shit that's outside is just a model. <laughs> It'd be like me driving past a car dealership and be like, where did they get all these new cars from? How rich are they? And like, we sell them. Stupid. But yeah, all right, I'm an idiot. Um, and I apologize for making you listen to my stupid ramblings and thoughts but that's okay because the rest of this episode is much better than my dumb thoughts and my idiot ramblings it's an interview with john from incantation i mentioned that in the intro but uh it's a good one because he is a super friendly guy um what you don't hear in the beginning and what you won't hear at the end is that we had a little bit of a of a trouble getting a connection which you might be able to tell because the interview kind of sounds like shit right i think it's me I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was it was when we were recording from a different location, as I have been every week. But it it, it doesn't sound up to snuff, right? I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed by the audio on this one, but that's okay because the interview was good and because John was great. But so so it took a while to, to get to get matched up and actually do the conversation. But but then when it started happening, he was great. He was a pleasant guy. Um, I never never liked incantation more than I do right now, uh, particularly because of this conversation with John. Um, Sect of Vile Divinities is out today. So you can go find that now. Um, that's August uh, 21st, by the way, is the, the release date for that. So if you somehow heard this at August 20th in uh, Japan or whatever the way, whatever way uh, time zones work, I'm not sure. Um, then yeah, that's what I meant, August 21st. Anyway, uh, great conversation with John. And, and at the end, he was even nice enough to say, hey, when, when you see me in person, come up and let's just do a real conversation, not some fucking podcast. You do. She didn't call me a douche and he didn't say anything negative about the podcast. I just added that stuff in because that's what I do. All right. But, uh, but thanks to John for having that conversation. And thanks to you for listening to 135 episodes of Getting It Out Podcast. Let's play a song from Sect of Vile Divinities. This song is called, uh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this name wrong because I, I, I say it all the time to, in my head and I'm pretty positive I still don't get it right. Um, here, here we go. Okay, are you ready? Propitiation. Propitiation. That's what that's what I'm going with. Propitiation. You know what I should do? I should Google that. Let's. How about that? Let's. Remember when I used to do these uh, these this game on here called uh, the, the 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 pronunciation bee? Let's see if this this is an actual word. Propitiation. Okay, it's there. Uh, let's turn the volume all the way up. Let's see what Google says. Propitiation. Propitiation. I was way off. It's Propitiation. The song is called Propitiation. It's by Incantation. It's the second track off of their new record, The Sect of Vile Divinities. Here's this, and here's my conversation with John.
uh, I mean, shit. Well, let's just get into this damn thing, right? Um, I know, okay, I know, cool. I'm down. I know you're doing a lot of these today. I assume, at least. So. Uh, yeah, so. it's no problem. I, I, I like I like talking about metal, so it's all good. <laughs> well, I that's that kind of brings me to like you know some of the really basic stuff I wanted to ask you first off, um, because I, obviously I've known about incantation. Uh, not for your entire existence, because I'm only 36 years old. So I I don't know when I when I learned about you, but you've been a band for what 30 years now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure. It's so, crazy. <laughs> so like the band's existed for 30 years, but how long have you been involved? How long? When did you find out about this type of music? Uh, um, I guess. I mean, I guess it kind of depends. Um, where you know. For me, the origins of the music kind of came from, I guess, Possessed or something like that. I always kind of considered to be the starting point. Yeah. And, I mean, I got, I, I got into Possessed. I had to have been in about, I don't know, 84, 85, whatever year the album came out, uh, Seven Churches. I got it um, around that time. So, I mean, you know, the seeds of, that, of this style have been pretty early, but, I mean, um, really, I would say by like late 87 or early 88, I really started getting into underground tape trading and stuff. And that's kind of where I really started to hear a lot of the early, um, you know, like demos of some of the bands that come out, like, um, you know, especially like Death and uh, Massacre and um, Master, um you know, there was, a, there was a lot of bands. I mean, around that time, I really started getting into bands like Sacrifice from Canada and, yeah. um, um, I don't know, just, you know, Creator, like Pleasure to Kill and uh, Flag of Hate, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I was into the music pretty pretty early on. I mean, when, I mean, I remember getting uh, Scream Bloody Gore right around the time that it came out and stuff. So, I mean, there's, you know, I, I have pretty early um, early ties to the scene. I mean, Incantation started in 89, but um, before that I played in a, a kind of more of a, a death thrash band called Revenant before that, and we were actually pretty popular in the New Jersey, New York area, and also kind of in the underground scene. So, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty, pretty early on, I mean, when I – when I started Incantation, I kind of really wanted to, um, you know, push the limits of death battle at that time to like a even more extreme um, than it was, um, you know, before. Like I, I kind of wanted to take almost I wanted to take like the stuff that I enjoyed about some of the demos, like the rough edges of death metal, and try to do something more in that vein than some of the um, say the better produced uh, death metal that was kind of coming out around the time when um, we started and stuff. So, yeah, pretty early on, you know. Well, that was that was a pretty um, exciting, well, I guess now looking back, I me mean, not having anything to do with it and being too young for it, but a pretty exciting time as far as underground music in the New York, New Jersey yeah. area. There is, I mean, pick, take your, pick your lane, punk, hardcore uh, metal, yeah, whatever oh. it was, all there. Where did you start at? Like, I know some people like so. So, like, I'm a uh, for most of my life, I was like a hardcore guy, and everybody knows when you're in hardcore, uh -huh. you either came from like punk or you came from metal. 
Um, how did you, yeah. what was your introduction to just underground music in general? Well, I mean, the, the, the general progression music wise for me is, I mean, in the late, well, in the mid, the mid to late seventies, I was a big kiss fan as yeah. a child. I mean, I was only like, I mean, you know, I was like five, six, seven years old, pretty damn young. <laughs> and I, I really, I really, I mean, obviously I, I was attracted to the image, but I also just really liked the, uh, you know, the heavy guitars and just, uh, now I just, I connected with the music. So yeah, pretty much, you know, from then, and it's kind of made the progression <clears throat> from that to, um, you know, other hard rock kind of bands of the late seventies. I mean, I, I was always really into music at a young age, but then like once the eighties, like maybe really around 83 was like the year that I really started to pay attention to say bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, um, you know, stuff, stuff in that vein, like even Venom and, uh, Exciter. Like, I just really was like, um, you know, I was one of, one of those kids that just would always go to a record store and just look for something that looked really interesting and pick it up. And back then it was kind of like, you know, I didn't look at it as this kind of metal or that kind of metal. I just looked at it as, you know, I'd pick up anything from like, I don't know, a rat album to a Venom album or whatever, you know, it wasn't really, um, you know, I was just really trying to absorb myself in, in metal in general. But, and then, yeah, pretty much like around probably 85-ish, I started getting into more, uh, you know, punk kind of stuff, punk and hardcore. I, I really, really started getting into like bands like Black Flag, um, Dead Kennedys, um, uh, NBC, and then like, you know, bands like um, DRI started coming out and um, uh, uh, Cryptic Slaughter, stuff like that. Yeah. So it just, it just, it was just like, you know, being a hardcore metalhead fan, I just kind of just kept gravitating to all these newer, um, you know, bands coming out and, you know, I was getting more into like the fanzine and tape trading stuff. So it was just, you know, I was, I was just basically like a obsessed, uh, metal kid, you know, metal and punk, but I, I don't know. I always kind of classified metal and punk kind of close to each other. I mean, yeah, I know punk was definitely more rough edged or whatever. And that definitely influenced me a lot as a, as you know, and actually probably, geared me up more towards understanding death metal early on because a lot of death metal um, at that time was really punk uh, and hardcore kind of oriented because that, that music was faster than what metal was at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot, a lot of those bands, you know, were, you know, they see old Exodus or something like that. You know, they were wearing dead Kennedy shirts or something yeah. like that. So, you know, it's all kind of meshed and then, that stuff kind of turned to me, just turned into death metal. I mean, a lot of the early death metal bands like uh, Necrophagia, I really used to, I mean, I still like, I, but I was really into at the time. They kind of had like a punk rock sound, but it was like 
super heavy, it was, you know, super heavy, which made it more death metal, but there's definitely like, you know, a crossover. Even when I was playing in my former band before, um, Incantation Revenant, we were like a, a kind of death thrash, but we also, we would play Gnostic Front covers, um, Croaching Informi covers, and um, stuff like that. I was it uh, Septic Death, right. stuff like that. So it was really, um, you know, at that time, it was more just like extreme music, you know, just trying to really go for it and just get out everything. So yeah, um, you know, that's kind of like, I was kind of like all over the place, but I think most people were kind of, you know, because we were all just kind of experimenting in different different styles of music and stuff, you know, like different styles of extreme music. Yeah, I think that's something that that I look back on when I was younger and when I was getting into what, to me, it didn't matter. It was just heavy music. So or, or it was heavy or it was faster or it was whatever. And, I mean, we're only talking, yeah. we're only talking like the mid-'90s, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the birth of anything. It was just me discovering things on my own. And it, yeah. and I didn't have genres to pin it to. I didn't know it was hardcore, what was thrash, and what was death metal. You know, and it was just oh, I heard that, I like it. It's all heavy. Like that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's kind of that's kind of how it was for me too. I just kind of liked it. So you know, I, I you know, I like it for different reasons. Like I like, I remember really liking you know, Circle Jerks. I remember getting that. I was, I just thought it was really you know, aggressive, pissed off music, and you know, being a uh teenager you know that fit exactly with my mindset i was you know want to tell the world to fuck off and just yeah circle do, jerks is kind know, of do perfect, what i want to do they're kind of perfect teenager music even though i like them now <laughs> there's that, that you know, yeah. group sex while in the streets that's oh, kind well. of perfect teenager music right there <laughs> yeah well that's the thing is for me when i listen to that stuff now because actually i have been listening to the circle jerks a little bit lately it just you know, when I listen to any of that old stuff, it just brings back great memories of, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, there's just, there's just a special, um, a special, almost like rebellion, liberation feeling I, I get when I listen back to it, just like, it just um, brings back great memories of, you know, a time when, you know, music, you know, was extreme, but it wasn't over-labeled like it is now. Now there's just so many subgenres and everything. It's, you know, kind of, it kind of actually screws things up a little bit in the metal scene. Back then, you know, it, it was things were like kind of thrash, speed metalish or whatever, you know. Um, but there was now, now everything's like defined into these little, subcategories which to me i just think is a little is a little too much um you know it, it, it's kind of i liked when we were doing death metal i thought death metal was enough of a subgenre. <laughs> yeah. it didn't have to go into any more but it's now death metal turned into like you know 20 different things <laughs> yeah what do people call Crazy. give incantation incantation i see gets the death doom tag sometimes which is yeah you know. sometimes it's death doom or people call it cavernous death metal or <laughs> something like that you know i mean it's people can call it whatever they want but for us you know we always just look at it as as death metal I and mean, we you know we just you know it's those other titles you know other younger bands like to kind of you know corner themselves into that and I, I, you know i guess i get it but it's just i just think it doesn't need to be so um you know so so divided up into like super 
super subcategories. I mean, death metal is already kind of um, subcategory enough, you know, sure. in my opinion. I, I agree completely. But, you know, that's maybe maybe it'll, you know, sometimes things got to go to the extreme and then even the fuck out, like hopefully our, our country right now. Like, you just got to be crazy as shit and too much. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, whatever shakes out stays. Uh, but yeah, but for, for so yeah, that's the way things usually go. Yeah, Th things have a habit of of um, resolving itself yeah. in a in a natural way. I mean, I've noticed that with music for sure. I mean, I never thought that um, death metal would last so long. And the fact that you know, as a band, we're probably doing better now than we ever have is, is mind boggling. But it just kind of just fell in our laps. We didn't really do anything different <laughs> yeah no and i can't we do i can't imagine you thought in 1989 when you were starting <laughs> incantation that you would be putting out what is this your 11th or 12th record and uh, yeah, i think it's the 12th i'm and, not sure and 30 years later in 2020 2020 was like a year that you know was a joke yeah. that was <laughs> that was a joke yeah. no, nobody nobody lives that long and uh, no. incantation did i know i i never I mean, when we started, I thought five years max time was, you know, the longevity of the band. And I, and I was, I was like, it'd be lucky if we put on the album. I, I had a pretty um, bleak, but I thought a, a reasonable way of looking at things at the time. I was like, well, you know, if we're lucky, somebody will let us put on an album on their label. Everybody will hate us, and then, we'll, you know, we'll just have no future and just die out or something, you know. But I thought about that because I knew what we were doing was, you know, so non-commercial that there was this, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, it wasn't like I was, I was looking at like, I'm going to start a death metal band and do it 30 years from now still. I mean, that wasn't even a thought. I'd be like, cause I figured something else had to come out that was more extreme or something that was going to, Take its place, but yeah. and, it, and it did to a, a slight extent, but not really. I mean, it's pretty crazy that the the same style of music that we, uh, you know, we as us and other bands of our generation uh, created, to the most part, there's a whole genre of new bands that kind of sound almost identical to um, you know a lot of the bands that started in that time, which is really quite interesting because I know there's, there's retro bands all the time, but it just, it's kind of was weird. I mean, if I look at it, when I started Incantation 30 years back was like Elvis and uh, <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. And nobody sounds like that anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you know, in, in, in 89, uh, nobody, nobody sounded like that. Nobody at yeah. all, not even them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's really strange if I put it into perspective, you know, it's like, but for some reason, you know, the stuff we do is, um, you know, it's, it's doing it quite well. I mean, I know as a band, you know, the last, the last album and touring cycle was probably the best we've ever had. I was like, wow, it's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah, that's, that's great for you, and I, I mean, I see already. Um, just looking today, I was looking at, at your uh, your pre your pre order for uh, um, Sect of Vile Divinities, and you're already sold out of half of it. You know, at least for I know, like, and and f for 
for for a death metal band who's thirty years old putting out your twelfth album in a during a pandemic when whatever percentage <laughs> of the world doesn't have jobs and you're ha almost half sold out of your shit, that's pretty fucking good, man. I know. I was really surprised. Um, really, a lot of a lot of the you know versions of stuff were sold out the first day. Wow. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't. I mean, I didn't think it was that. Um, you know, that crucial to like over, I mean, we wanted to push it, but we, I wasn't like worried about things were going to sell out. I was like, well, hopefully we do okay, you know, and whatever. But, and yeah, then the reaction to just in general for the, um, the video songs we put out, you know, the YouTube ones or whatever, they both did uh, re again, really great responses. And then the few reviews that are out there so far, the album have also gotten like, amazing responses and it's just weird for me because it's not that i don't think the album's good or anything it's just that i just don't see it any different than anything else i've ever did for, you know <laughs> i just look at it okay it's, a, it's our album and we did the best we could and you know that's that you know but other people see it in a you know a different light now which is i mean i'm not going to complain about it obviously but i just can't see it the same way as everybody else sees it you know so i put in my heart and the whole band though put in our heart on every album so it's like everyone's important you know but it's nice to see you know i've gotten you know i've seen some really great um reviews so i'm a, I'm a happy camper you know yeah and I, i've seen the same and it's interesting that you say that because because that's kind of uh that kind of sounds like not quite the opposite, but kind of the opposite of what most people say when they put out a new record. Because I'm usually asking, you know, the question yeah. I'm asking a lot is, uh, is what's different about this record? And you know, everybody always has something uh, yeah. pretty, pretty. I don't know. Sometimes you know, it's it's a little embellished, but you know, they got to sell it, so that's no. what they do. But you, Every, yeah. everybody's talk. Yeah, everyone likes to always say like their their new album is the best thing that ever happened, and you know, the, their best work and blah, blah, blah. So always, always the, um, you know, total line or whatever of it. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely proud of the album and I'm extremely happy with it. Um, I think it came out really good. It, you know, um, it's nice to get a great response for it, but, you know, do I, do I feel like it's, um, you know, groundbreaking or any you know anything major uh, not necessarily i mean i don't think it's bad I, I think it's cool there's some new aspects we put into it there's a lot of um you know older um you know vibe in, in the album too you know a lot of our history in the album but i mean to be honest with you it's like that on every album <laughs> every album has some new stuff some um more traditional sounding stuff so you know, I, I just the fact that other people really like it. I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. That's okay. fair. That's <laughs> that's that's awesome. I, lo I love hearing you say that. It's an entirely different take. Well, if if is there a is there an album that you feel like is the quintessential, like the most the best uh, version of Incantation? Um, the one the, the one album that I'm that I mean, I look at it from a different perspective than sure. other people do. Yeah. My, but for me, my probably my favorite album that we ever did was the Vanquish and Vengeance album. <clears throat> it was just a, it was just a, it, the album came 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 to be 
very organically. Like I was, there's a couple of years when I wasn't really so uh, inspired to write necessarily. And I, and I refused to do an album if I didn't feel inspired to do it. I wasn't going to just do it because, because it's time to do an album. So, um, I ended up, um, we were just at practice. I think we were getting ready for, um, I don't know, some Central America dates or something. And we just were practicing and practice went really good. And then all of a sudden an idea came to mind riff wise. And I said, Oh, let's take a few minutes. I just came up with this idea. It was just totally spontaneous. And then just from that point on, <clears throat> from that point on until now, I just, I've, I've been, and the whole band has been extremely inspired to write music. It was just like, it's happened so naturally. And when we did, you know, Vanquished Vengeance, it was just great because, you know, it was, it just felt, felt fresh. It felt um, like it had everything, everything just came together really organic. And this was a fun, fun album to record. I felt the reaction of the time when it came out was, was really good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably, probably my uh, favorite, but you know, I, I look at things from an insider's thing. It's, sure. You know, other people might think other albums have better songs or, you know, represent it differently, but I look at it from like the people in the band, the, just, you know, as a, as a musician, it just, you know, writing, you know, being so inspired that, you know, you just, you just come up with stuff totally out of um, totally out of just inspiration of working with, you know, these people in the band. It's just, a, it's for a songwriter, it's just such a great uh, feeling, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that record came out, what, 2012. So that, that's um, a few years after you started, you took over the vocals for Incantation, right? Yeah. That in like 2004. Yeah, I guess I that was, I mean, yeah, I, I started, what, I think in, Oh four, I think I started. I had two albums before that where I did vocals, but that was the first album I did vocals on that I felt, um, I felt comfortable. Like, That's kind of what I was getting at. Is that where you feel like you kind of you you fit yeah. into? You felt this is I, I'm, I'm good. The other the other ones, I, yeah, the other ones I was still kind of learning. You know, I, I'm not, I'm happy with. I don't. Some some people say that the vocals on the Destiny Christiana Primordial aren't good, but I, I still listen to them and I'm ha- happy and proud of them. But it was just, um, you know, by the time Vanquish and Vengeance came out, I was just more uh, comfortable with my vocals. Back then, I was still, I mean, I even at Vanquish, I had a lot of coaching by Kyle, our drummer, but especially on the primordial domination and decimate christendom it's like it's like our drummer had to kind of walk me through everything doing vocals i was so so um uncomfortable and like i just i was doing it because i had to do it and i was still kind of you know i want to do the best i could i just you know maybe i was a little bit more reserved on it by the time i did vanquish and vengeance i felt like i could just 100 percent let loose and just this is just, I was like confident in every way. Like, it was just like, fuck it. This is the way I'm doing it. These are my vocals. You either like it or not and piss off, you know? Kind of like the attitude that we had early on in the band where it was just like, this is us. And if you don't like it, fuck off, you know? 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing that I think bands go through. Where where when when bands start, a lot of times they have the that you know that fire where they don't give a shit, and that we're just gonna fucking do yeah. what we want to do. We're gonna play what we want to play, and then that kind of goes away, and the the. the it, it kind of seems to be too directed. But then if you can work through that, you get to a point where nobody gives a shit anymore. And fuck the, <laughs> fuck the fans. Not in yeah. a bad way. Just like, you know, we're, we want to do what I we want to do. And, and, then you, and then you get back to it. And, and yeah, it's an it's a interesting bell curve I've seen. Yeah, that's, that's something that I've always tried to uh, remember. I, I, I'm one of those people, I really hate when bands do something that's just too predictable or commercial yeah. or you know you notice that it's like a it's it's a definite commercial step that they're trying to make most of the time i really hate it i mean a few times a couple of bands could do it good but most of the time it's a failure in sure. my opinion and i always even throughout our career i've always tried to just you know oh i always kind of tell myself okay we're just doing it fuck everybody you know like because yeah. when we started um you know, we started as a band. That was one of the main things I took away from the the punk and hardcore scene was that fuck you attitude. You know, it was yeah. like, I, I was told, you know, we were just like, we didn't care what bands were playing. If, you know, if, you know, we wanted to be the heaviest, we wanted to be the most pissed off. And, you know, if people didn't like it, we look at it like, it's not your fault, you're a poser, you know? We can't help it. <laughs> we can't help that you're a poser, you know? Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. But that's you know, but it's a good it's a good way to look at it because you you know you need to be confident and you need to be um, you know you, you need to have a kind of a screwed attitude because that's usually the reason why people like a band in the first place they like them because they were doing what they wanted to do and people related to what they wanted to do when you start to worry about what you're supposed to do that's when things go downhill because you know then then you're you know not writing. From the heart, you're writing because you know you, you want to um, sell X amount of records or whatever, you know, or and it just um, I don't know. To me, it usually sucks. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think there's there's more than enough examples to prove that. Uh, I yeah. mean, you know, when I when I was, go, ahead, go, go ahead, no, go ahead, go, you're good. I was just gonna say in in my teenage years, like I noticed that with. Um, like Judas Priest, when they, when they did the Turbo album, yeah. I I was horrified, you know, because I was a huge Priest fan. I really liked uh, Defenders of the Faith a lot and Screaming for Vengeance. And then they did um, Turbo, and I was just like, no, you know, <laughs> I was I was mortified, you know. And there were a lot of bands that that did that. They put out albums that I thought were really good, and then they totally just went the commercial metal route uh, on the next one. And it was just, and I just, I could, can't, couldn't get that out of my mind ever when I, you know, as a band, I was like, I don't want to be that band that does that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, I, I don't, you know, it, cause it's such a, a short term, um, a short term looking at things, you know, trying to try to fit into the scene that's around you at the time, you end up being passed up by it. You know, it's better just to, just to do what you do, and like in our circumstance, in our situation, the scene just kind of turned around to us instead of us having to, you know, try to chase the scene itself. 
So, it, you know, I don't know if it always works out, but for us, it's just been fortunate that it worked out that way, you know? Well, I think it, I think in a lot of genres, particularly underground music, subgenres, um, it, it goes in cycles. You know, it, there's yeah. it, my, like I said, I, my, I mostly have spent my time listening to hardcore and, and that does, those sounds come in waves. You know, it's, you get, oh, we're yeah. going to play Agnostic Front. We're going to play like Agnostic Front this year. And then suddenly that's not good. And then suddenly, know. you know, 10 years later, everybody's doing it again. And, you know, it just it kind of comes and goes. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I know. I was going to say, with Agnostic Front, man, I, when Victim of Pain came out, that was one of my favorite. That um, is my favorite hardcore record of all time right there. I love that. That is so good. And I, I actually, I was kind of bummed out when they did Cause for Alarm because they, it wasn't the same. I mean, it's not a terrible album by any means. But, That's a great one, man, too. The Victim of Pain was so... I just loved the short songs and the the aggression of that album, you know, but I really, I really wish they would have done a, a little more, a little more of that, sh- those short songs. Like, I even like, like, um, what was it? Circles Jerks on, um, was it not Golden Showers, it was a Group Sex. Yeah. I just love those, those short, those short, to the point, you know, punk rock kind of aggressive song. You know, I, I wish all those bands would have at least done like, two or three albums of those songs, and they could have added the longer ones in later. You know? <laughs> yeah, they pretty much all just yeah. did one one album of that each. I, I remember having Circle Jerks group set on, on cassette, and it was the album was on both sides because it was short enough to be on, but it probably could have been on <laughs> there three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that, that style. But anyway, what were you saying now? I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I was thinking about this earlier. What... If if incantation were to come out with with an what well, no I know okay how do I rephrase this all right no I'll just ask straight up how does incantation how do you come up with your album name the names of your albums because they're very they're very uh, specific and uh, they're very they're very death metal like you couldn't come could incantation just put out a, a plain like the, the 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 white album. You couldn't have that as an album title. <laughs> Nobody would accept that. So, so when you when you when you sat down to come up with the the sect of vile divinities, how does that come? Where does that come from? Oh well, that's that's another uh, thing that um, Chuck, our bass player, came up with. He wrote most of the lyrics. Well, he wrote all the lyrics on a new one, and he wrote all the lyrics on the last one. Because at a certain point, I just got um, I just got tired of writing. Uh, lyrics because it's not really my. Well, I, I don't. I don't write lyrics. I had to, not because I really wanted to. And I just got sick of just saying how much I hate religion over and over again. <laughs> so yeah. um, you know, and Chuck has a a, a, a much wider palette of uh, you know things to draw from. I mean, he really like he really does a lot of reading and really into history and you know just. Uh, just a sort, and he's out of his mind with that stuff. But anyway, he came up. He came up with the titles for a last, last. Well, the first, the first one that he played on was Vanquish and Vengeance, and that was actually kind of a mixture between me and him that came up with that title. But um, as far as the uh, like, vile, a sect of vile divinity. That was that was Chuck. I honestly, I don't know how he came up with it, but you know, it just. He just, like this one and uh, Profane Nexus were basically, um, the titles are actually similar and what they mean is 
it basically just means that they're um, all the whole albums connected. Uh, like Profane Nexus was all connected by blasphemy and just um, anti-religious kind of songs, and this one is kind of the same same kind of thing where each song is an individual um, kind of individual individual historical kind of. Um, um, I don't know how to explain, like blasphemous uh, religious practices and stuff like that. And I don't know, he just comes up with it, but I don't know how it is. But I know for me, it's, um, you know, it's it's a pain in the ass to come up with an album title, you know? I Even yeah. Sect of Isle Divinity, when I first heard it, I was like, it's, it's good, but I just don't know, you know? I have, to, I have to sit on it for a little bit because it's, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, don't even necessarily know if... Um, <laughs> You know, if it's going to be a good title or not. But I was the same way. Even when we came up with the name of the band, I was kind of like, eh, incantation. I don't know. You know, I'm just really weird about that kind of stuff. I'm not quite as confident, um, you know, lyrically or name wise as um, Chuck is. So he, he he he's really the man with that stuff. You need you need somebody in the band who can get a hold of that and grab a hold because I, I I was telling the story on the last interview I did but I, like when I was in a band we got our name off of a beer can you know because I mean, nobody wanted to pick. <laughs> yeah. I was just like all right we're this you know and, and you know so but I think you guys picked well with Incantation very memorable and obviously lasted for this long but for for you being in this band and like you said you, you know you you don't really feel like you didn't feel like writing the lyrics um just just artistically or creatively does playing an incantation like provide the same thing for you as it did when you started the band like do, do you still get the is, is there a catharsis is there a, i don't know a, just a creative outlet is it all the same for you or has that evolved over the years um well most of it is the same i mean there's i mean when it comes to like performing live, it's always um, it, it never loses its um, kind of joy and ventilation. As far as like it just just vent, you know, it's like taking everything that you know stressful or sucks or whatever in life and just being able to vent it out in a in a, a set of uh, extremely heavy death metal is is super satisfying you know and it's like people wonder why i'm always in such a good mood it's like i have nothing nothing left to be mad about after fucking playing you know it's like it all got released so in that way it's still the same it's just i'm not i mean i'm i'm different enough as a person than i was back then but as far as the outlet goes it's i still deal with it the same way and as far as like writing and and stuff like it's it's weird, but death metal has become like a way of me expressing myself. Um, it's almost become like an extra sense that I have, you know, like my brain just sounds weird, but I like it thinks in death metal riffs and stuff. And <laughs> like certain things like, you know, just like, I don't know. It just, my brain just gets into mode where it just wants to express itself in riffs. And I just have to get on a guitar and start playing stuff and try to record it while I, while uh, the um, ideas, you know, are coming and stuff like that. It's not like I, I sit down and think like, okay, we have to write an album. It's like, no, the albums just flow out of me at, at some annoying time, you know, when I don't really want to do it, you know. I remember, you know, a lot of times 
if I'm out on the road uh, and I, I'm not, I don't have a guitar near me, I got to like just hum into my phone or a tape deck. I used to have a little tape deck I used to do and just hum the riffs and just get it out of my brain because otherwise if I don't get them out, it'll like torment me. I'll be thinking about it yeah. you know, all day long until I get, hit a guitar. And that, yeah, if you're a musician, you know how that could be. It's a fucking pain in the ass, you know? <laughs> That's all. That's so, uh, that's awesome that you have this though, and you've had that for you've had incantation for for this long to to do that with, you know. Well, that's the thing is when you play music for that for that long, especially playing and just even in this style. I mean, pretty much I've only played death metal um, for this time. I don't really play other styles of music, so it's like my brain just automatically thinks in death metal. It's like it's almost like a language or something weird like that. I don't know how to explain it. But I'm just happy that um, I have it, and I'm happy that you know I don't have to I don't have to put a lot of work into you know sitting. Okay, it's time to write an album. Let's come up with something. You know, I just it's it's more now. It's just like oh cool, just get on the guitar and just record these couple of riffs I have, and before you know, my brain starts doing like this um, kind of uh, I call it like kind of. Um, you know, a chemist or something, just trying to put all these ideas together and make something coherent out of it. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But it's pretty crazy. But it's happy. pretty effective. It's, it's it's working out for yeah. you. Yeah, it totally works. And it just, you know, like with this album, you know, with the songs, as long as I, I'm in the mode and I could really focus in on it, I could do good. You know, but if I if I'm just not in the mood to do it or don't feel like doing it, it really sucks. I just can't, I can't like force it to happen. It has, you know, I have to hear it and have to be inspired, you know? But That's I, how I, I feel about my people that are so, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people, um, you know, I, I, I jam with great musicians that inspire me. So it makes it super easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, I mean, anything you do, I guess in life, when you work with people that kind of inspire you, you do better when you work with people that are just, you feel like they're just there you know, for the paycheck or whatever you want to say, then, you know, it's less inspiring, you know? Yeah, and it fucks up the workflow. You get somebody's bad attitude, oh, fuck you, I'm not going to do this then, you know? <laughs> At least that's that's unfortunately <laughs> yeah. how mine goes sometimes, which is not a good thing. I need to stop that. But, hey, let's let's wrap <laughs> this up on one last question. I want to, uh, okay. with, with, uh, with the record coming out, what is it, August 21st, I think? Yes. August 21st. So August told. 21st, it's already sold quite well from what I can see. Um but you yeah. can't like you can't tour right now. There's nothing happening. I mean, my my daughter goes to uh, Philadelphia school district. They put out today that they're not they're not they're not even opening schools until at least November. So like that shit's yeah. shut down. So it's just, shit's just getting shut down left and right all over again. Um. So what so what do you have? What are you looking forward to with the release of this? Like you said, you already got some reviews back. <laughs> Is it just people hearing it? Is that it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, just some people that heard it. Um you know, a couple, a couple of like smaller fanzines and uh, webzines kind of already did reviews of it, I guess. But, um, yeah, majority of the reviews aren't back, but it's still been pretty positive. But overall, I mean, yeah, obviously we want to tour for the album. It's, it's, it's possible to tour, but, um, you know, I'm not, we're not really counting on it uh, as far as at least for quite a while. Yeah. So we're, we've just been, we're doing, we're working on a, it's a, um, like a stream, a live set stream that we're doing for, um, um, 
what's it, Mexico Metal Fest, I think it is. Um, they're going to be streaming, like, it's, it's kind of like a, we, we already recorded it in a club in um, Columbus, Ohio. It basically just re- played our set that we were, we were supposed to play, um, you know, for the album. And we just recorded it, and they're going to be playing it over their, you know, through their website for their fest or whatever, which is kind of a weird thing for us to do. But we said, okay, we'll, we'll try it. You know, yeah. we're going to try to release a couple of, like, like more um, home-style um, videos of us playing different songs off a of new album, I think, throughout the, the rest of the year just to kind of um, – you know, keep, keep, um, you know, the word out about our, our new album and just see what's up. And, you know, whenever we get the tour, we'll tour. I mean, we're already working on writing new material. So, you know, we might take this time to even record our next album if it ends up taking longer and, you know, just wait, kind of have it and put it aside until relapse whenever you're ready, just release it. Cause nobody really knows how to deal with the situation. Right. You know, so we're, you know, but when whenever we could tour and it's safe and whatever, then you know we're definitely going to get out on the road and um, you know do as much as we can to try to promote. But we also realize that for about at least a year or two, the road's going to be super oversaturated with tours yeah. and and new releases and stuff because of this pandemic. Because a lot of bands don't want to release anything until the pandemic's over. But the problem with that is that there's too many releases that's going to be out at one time. Yeah, there's that, already, there's already think, too much music as is that you know, and yeah. now now to keep up with it when when it all when it all unleashes is going to be insane. I don't even know how pressing plants are going to keep up. There's going to be a huge huge delay. I know it's going to be crazy because there's going to be all the albums that got postponed because of the pandemic, and all the albums that were written and recorded during the pandemic all coming out at the same time. That's why, I, I mean, even though it's not the perfect time to release an album, I'm happy to get our album out in a time when people could actually have time to listen to it and pay attention to it instead of getting caught up in the shuffle once everything um, gets going. So I, I think Relapse made the right decision by releasing it um, in August, middle of a pandemic. I know some people, you know, beg to differ on it, but for me, I feel pretty, um, I feel confident about it i mean everything's been going great so i can't i can't complain relapse seems to know what they're doing you know i think yeah i think they've got a pretty good track record here and 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 you know what this what that one might this one might come out right about the same time when the second stimulus check comes out so you'll be in <laughs> even better shape but hey, hey yeah, John, exactly. this this the, the record's great. I've listened to it a ton. Um, I saw you mentioned some reviews. The reviews I read, I mean, the the, the biggest review I read was in Decibel, which is, I guess is our biggest uh, publication here for uh, metal, and it was uh, it was a very very positive review there too. So so you said the smaller yeah. ones are positive, the bigger ones are positive. What, what I listen to, yeah. I like. So uh, so it's it's great. I can't wait for people to hear it. I think you guys are you oh. guys are still killing it thirty years later. Um, thank you okay. for doing thank this. Thank you so much. I appreciate. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do the the um, interview with me. It's really cool. Thank you so much. Uh, again, pleasure's all mine. I'll talk to you later.
So there you have it. That was my wonderful conversation with John of Incantation. Go get that new record, Sect of Vile Divinities, out now on Relapse Records. Uh, what more can I tell you? I can tell you because I've been posting on Instagram because I don't care. The next episode is with Luca of Necrot, um, who's up and coming death metal band. They're, they're, I mean, they're pretty much as, as high as you can get as far as a modern death metal band. Just recently, we're on the cover of Decibel new record. Uh, what's the new record called? Mortal. It comes out uh, pretty soon, maybe a week or two. Um, great record. You're gonna love it if you like death metal. If I suppose if you're here for this much of the episode, you do because you listen to this whole conversation with incantation. So that means you probably like death metal. <laughs> but then after that, we're gonna switch back into uh, hardcore gear. We're gonna do an interview with Cameron Ross of These Streets. New record comes out also um, August 21st with uh, on Upstate Records. It's called Expect the Worst. So I got that conversation with him, and then. We're going with the legends of hardcore. We're going with the brothers, Pete and Lou Kohler of Sick of It All. We're talking about their new book, The Blood and the Sweat, that they did with Howie Abrams. And we're talking about Sick of It All, of course. So that's the next uh, three episodes of Getting It Out podcast. And uh, a couple more in the works that hopefully uh, I can make work out. Maybe some Terminal Nation. Maybe some Reserving Dirt Naps. Uh, couple interviews rebelmatic is one another one couple interviews that i've talked to people about doing and then never followed up on because i suck sometimes and because life is pretty crazy but hey that's all right still trying to work on getting it out.net i promise you eventually whatever i don't know i've literally said that for what months is it's almost nine months at this point so it's coming um and that's that uh you can go to the instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast to follow the page um you can go to the facebook page www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast you can go to twitter at getting it out pod um what you can also do is you can send me you know what i've been i've been doing i've been going through uh through a lot of through a lot of albums lately you can send me first of all you can send me your band's music uh you can do that physically which would be incredible if you physically send me music. Uh, you can reach out to me, uh, Dan at gettingitout.net, if you want to do that, or you can just send me digital, uh, digital files of your music, Dan at gettingitout.net, or you can just comment on something and tell me to check out a band. Um, that's totally cool too. I'll definitely do it. I do that uh, almost every day. Not almost every day. I literally do that every day. I check out new bands. So go ahead. Don't be shy. Send in your music. Tell me to check out your band. Tell me to check out somebody else's band. Support the people that you like. That's an important thing. Okay. Support your friends. <laughs> not not just yourself all the time. Support your friends. If they're doing something that you remotely think is cool, even if you don't think it's that cool. Give them a pat on the back. Help them out. Help them push it because they probably love what they're doing. And it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to, maybe just for the sake of good karma, just to give them a push. You know, give them, put them, put them in front of somebody else's eyes, somebody's eyes that they probably haven't been in front of yet. Uh, it could make a world of difference and it doesn't take much but the tiniest bit of effort. So I suggest you do that. I suggest we all do that. And that's the way we should end this, this episode of Getting It Out podcast. But before we do that, I'm going to end it with a really slow and depressing song. The song is called No Sympathy for a Rat. <laughs> so we're changing gears here. It's called No Sympathy for a Rat. And it's uh, from, uh, I'm going to say this name wrong, but Yano, Ma <laughs> Yano Mamo. Yano Mamo? They're from Australia. Uh, but it's this cool sludge band. Uh, the, the record's, uh, it's only four songs long. Um, but it's awesome. And I've been listening to it a lot lately, and it's depressing and slow and sludgy, I guess. So let's listen to No Sympathy for a Rat from Yano Mamo. I'm saying that name wrong. I know I apologize, but whatever. Thank you for listening. Check in next week. Bye-bye.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.